Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. My name is Erica, and we, I, whoever listens, we're celebrating today. I'm celebrating today because it is the birthday. It is the one-year birthday of the Let's Be Real podcast. It is so hard to even believe it. Today is episode 46, technically, but numbered 45. You know, took a couple weeks off during holidays and COVID. So it has been in exactly a year since I downloaded and figured out what the heck a podcast host was, how to use a microphone, and how to edit online, and using a program called Audacity. I'm like, what am I even doing? I don't know why I'm doing this other than I think God told me to, and now it's a pandemic, so okay, why not? Well, I definitely didn't say why not. It was very scary. I didn't want to do it until a friend said, and what are you afraid of? I was like, Mm, sounding stupid. <laughs> because who really likes to hear themselves recorded? Does anybody out there actually like to hear their voice even on voicemail? No, we all cringe. So it's kind of like, uh, why would I want my own voice out in like voice land <laughs> for anyone to hear? But it is, it is out there. And just this week, uh, I don't know that it's a big number, but it's a milestone nonetheless. The Let's Be Real podcast hit 2,000 downloads over the course of this year. So things to celebrate. Another thing I want to celebrate and even just bring to you and present to you is something called If Gathering. So this last week, myself with a few friends, we got together on a Friday evening and most of the day Saturday to watch the live stream of something called If Gathering. Have you guys heard of If Gathering? So I heard of it last year because I had done my very first study through the ministry called If. So that's Jenny Allen. If you're familiar with her, she wrote a book last year, uh, Get Out of Your, Get Out of My Head, Girl, Get Out of Your Head, or something about your thoughts. <laughs> She's got a bunch of books, but she has, an, has a ministry called If, and they have Bible studies under If Equip, and they have something called If Table, where you get together and you have dinners and you start these conversations where you like get these discussion cards free online to have these discussions. Their main focus is on discipleship. And then they have If Gathering, which of course, every other year in the world has been in person at a conference, but also live streamed. This year, of course, live streamed only. So I heard about it last year and was like, oh, that could be interesting. As I'm just starting to get to know the If ministry, there was a group of us that did one of their studies called The Good Gospel online at the beginning of the pandemic, like last spring, April, and I really liked it. I met a number of speakers that way, not in real life, right, but just in experience through If Gathering that I had never heard of, or through the If Ministry, I should say, that I had not heard of, and now I follow and really, really like. I'm just finishing up a study called Woven, which is on discipleship with a small group of women, and that turned us into, hey, who wants to listen to this if gathering with me? I had contemplated making it an event, inviting a bunch of people. I started calling places, but I was like, yeah, but I've never even watched one. I don't even know if this is something I truly want to endorse. Maybe I should just kind of get a small group together, see what we think, and go from there. Well, we did, and it was incredible. It was incredible. So I will for sure next March be planning to host an if gathering live stream. And I say, I am for sure going to plan is I'm learning to be a little bit loose 
<laughs> loose handed with my plans because God likes to change them. I think you heard a little bit about that. We talked about that in the podcast just a few weeks ago. It's called competing purposes. So take a listen to that one. If you've ever had plans, just not go your way. And you're like, God, really? Why? Why can't this work? Oh, you have different plans and different paths to get there. Always a great reminder. So my hope and prayer and plan is that we are able to do this together live stream next March. It was totally worth it this year. And what I want to do is I kind of want to talk through a brief synopsis of the weekend with you, which is going to be really hard to do because there were just amazing speakers with amazing things to say. But the overarching theme of the weekend was even if, which I don't know if that's copyrighted, but I'll definitely be putting that on a t-shirt <laughs> because it is something that I think is really important for us to contemplate as a whole as believers, especially here in the U.S., even if. So one of the speakers, Bianca mm, O, <laughs> I think her last name started with O. I'm not going to be able to pronounce it right. She went through the story in Daniel 3 of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. This is a story that a lot of us are probably very familiar with. These three young men, including Daniel, but he's not part of the story. He's already been promoted. And now these three are just together, have been kidnapped and taken from their land, exiled to a new land where they're being indoctrinated with education, with language, with music, with food, with everything that is foreign to them and foreign to the God that they serve. A law is put in place where you have to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, and they choose not to. They are going to stand up against the law that violates their loyalty to the one true God. And the punishment is the fiery furnace. And what I want to point out to you that the theme of the weekend kind of came from is from Daniel chapter 3, verses 17, but I'll start at 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said this to the king, who's questioning them, him, right? Like them. Why, why aren't you bowing down? And, it's a, and he asks, well, who's the God who's going to deliver you out of my hands? Like, I am the big king. Who do you think is going to help you out? So they answer by saying, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, or even if, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So they're saying, our God is able. He is able to do this thing. But even if he doesn't, if he chooses not to step in and rescue us, even if we're not going to serve your idol, to serve your gods, to worship you, or to do those things that violate our loyalty to our one true God. And I loved the, he is able. Our God is able. But even if, we're not going to do that thing that violates our loyalty, our commitment, and our love to our God. And the rest of the weekend had that flavor in all of the talks, for the most part, but they all definitely relate. Talking about the decisions that we make today will affect our tomorrow. That's something Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they got into that position because the decisions they had made previously put them in this position today. 
the things that they had believed that they had clung to that allowed them to affect their lives comes to a point where now there is a cost. And you have to count the cost. You have to weigh the cost. This life, this Christianity, this loyalty to the God of creation, to the king of our lives, to the author of our salvation, it's going to cost us something. And that's what I really want to kind of impart today and have us leaving pondering. Have we counted the cost? And are we willing to sacrifice things for our faith? What is it really going to ask of us? So throughout the weekend, there were other speakers. So Johnny Erickson Tata, which I'm guessing a lot of you are familiar with, she was she was paralyzed at a young age, I believe 19, by diving into shallow waters headfirst, broke her neck, severed her spinal cord, and has been a quadriplegic ever since, but has done mighty, mighty work for the Lord. Like just a foundational influence in the Christian church by her faith. She was interviewed by a young woman named Catherine Wolf, who at the age of 26 suffered a severe stroke. She also is living her life in a wheelchair, not doesn't have use of the left side of her body, so her face, one eye doesn't work, her mouth is droops, has a hard time communicating, and the two of them sitting across from each other, granted it was through Zoom and on screens, both in their wheelchairs, talking about God sharing on his own terms, and for them, through pain and through suffering, God shares his joy on his own terms encouraging us not to waste our pain, not to waste our story and our suffering, but to steward the story of our life. These women who have had their physical lives very, very diminished are there full of joy in the Lord and encouraging us to do the same. It is so hard to comprehend a faith like that that through such pain and suffering comes joy. And they also use the word freedom. In the talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Bianca did talk about how the, the only way to be set free is to go through the fire. How Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were bound. They were tied up. The fire, Jesus meeting them in the fire, is what unbound them what saved them, and they come back out, and now they're free. And it was for God's glory. God got the glory through that freedom, that thing that's supposed to kill you, to really bring you low, is the thing that will set you free. There's a very popular song right now. There's another in the fire. I think it's by Natalie Grant. So powerful, and it really makes me picture this whole, okay, but even if, and what will my faith cost me. There's a Babylon Bee. Oh, tell me you guys follow the Babylon Bee that my 16-year-old daughter sent me. And it is a picture of a guy kind of sitting on the ground with his head in his hands and his legs out in front of him and all dejected. And the, (laughs) the headline says, American Christian bummed the following Christ may soon actually cost him something. Like, oh, it's so true. It is so easy for us to get caught up in the world and the functionality of Christianity. Mike Todd, who I had never heard of until this if gathering, was probably my favorite speaker. He was so good. I'm going to look into maybe 
how I can purchase his talk or get a hold of it. And we will do like a group watch party because he's talking about shallow Christianity and how we need to be anchored to Christ. But anchors are used in the deep, not in the shallow. The shallow always seems safe, right? It isn't always. His talk was hysterical, so full of truth, and it was so good. What are you anchored in? Are you living in the deep or are you hanging out in the shallow? We see Jesus in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, talk to a rich young ruler, right? He comes to Jesus and says, Lord, what must I do to get eternal life? And he said, well, you've heard the commands, right? Like, don't covet, don't steal, all those things. He's like, yeah, I've done all those. You know, those surfacey, easy ones for us to do, those shallow ones. And Jesus said, okay, well, go sell everything. Give it all to the poor and come follow me. And the rich man hangs his head and he turns and he walks away because he was very wealthy. Because in that moment, he had to count the cost of what it would be to be a disciple of the Lord. And his cost seemed very large to him, one that he was not willing to give up. Jesus, in this this discussion, he's really pointing out that money has a strong hold on us. And this is going to be a very difficult thing for many of us in this life to overcome, a barrier to being a disciple. But I think even more than just the money is the barrier of the heart of what are we willing to actually give up to be a disciple? What will it cost us? And we will still follow. Even if it costs us, will we be a disciple? This is so superficial and stupid. I'm almost a little embarrassed uh, admitting it, but I'm going to because it's just like one of these dumb aha moments. As I was getting ready to start this podcast last year, learning about what it takes, because I knew nothing. What does it look like? I learned that you have to pay to have your podcast hosted every month, and then it sends your podcast out to all the podcast players. And I was just frustrated. I was like, oh, I always thought podcasts were kind of free, like My husband and I were walking the dog. I'm like, I'm just so frustrated that it's actually going to cost me something. Those were my exact words. And I was thinking about the money. And he kind of turned and looked at me and went, um, did you hear what you just said? I was like, well, I know it's going to cost my time and maybe some effort and some ideas and listening to myself. Like, but I wasn't thinking it was going to cost money. And he kind of went, uh, and just kind of waited for me to put the pieces together. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. It will cost you something. And I mean, and this is something minor, but in the moment I was just like, God, why can't I serve you for free? (laughs) Why can't I obey without a cost attached? But no, it wasn't. There are things, obedience, actions to following Christ that will cost ourselves something. And I want you to really meditate on that. Jesus also in Luke says, whoever wants to be my disciple, right? After this story of the rich young ruler must deny themselves and take up your cross daily and follow me. There are so many things that we have to deny ourselves, our passions and our desires and maybe even our money to fully follow after Jesus as a disciple. And as a disciple, we need to be a disciple that not only closely follows after the Lord, but makes disciples along the way. 
And this whole conference, this whole weekend is pointing each of us to a more deep, rich, authentic faith of living out your life in a way that glorifies God so that you can make disciples along the way, challenging us to a deeper faith and to count the costs of what does it look like to actually have to sacrifice for your faith. There are a lot of people talking about a lot of things of laws and things are getting more difficult and it's going to be more of a problem. It's going to be more of a challenge for Christians in in the U.S. in particular. That will probably happen. Are you ready for that? Probably the most profound part of the weekend was an interview that Jenny Allen did with a leader of the Iranian underground church, Christian church, who his voice was distorted and his face was blacked out because he was talking about just the revival of Christianity in Iran, of the miraculous conversions that are going on. And it is an underground church. It is illegal. They're protecting his life by blocking out his name and his voice and his face. And there's a movie called Sheep Among Wolves, a documentary about the Iranian church and how it is thriving and growing underneath enormous persecution. We say, see the same thing in China. Christine Kane was there and she was talking about leaders in the underground church in China that she went and she spoke to. And they're like, help us learn how to share Jesus with people. And she's like, what do you mean help you learn to share Jesus? You're sharing Jesus all over the place. People are learning and growing and coming to the Lord left and right. They're like, no, the only people that we've been taught to share Jesus to is to our executioners when they're taking us to be killed. And she was like, what? She's like, I'm not here to teach you anything. You are here to teach me. Brothers and sisters of Christ in the U.S., in the West, our faith is not challenged the way it is in other places. I'm not sure how ready we are and how willing we will be to sacrifice it all for our faith. And that's what I want to bring before you. What will it cost? And are you willing that if our God is able to save us, to prevent persecution, all the things that could potentially come down the road, God is able. But even if he doesn't prevent those things from happening in your life, many people are going through sufferings, horrible sufferings right now in their life in the midst of persecution and sufferings, in the midst of it costing you something and possibly something big, will you stay true? Will you continue to follow him and pick up your cross every single day? It is very easy for us to say, well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Lip service is real easy to do. That's why I say talk is cheap. But have you actually really ever thought about it? How Far am I willing to go? And my prayer for you today is that you take that to God, that you pray over it, that you really ask for strength, that in the midst of any sort of test and trial, that Holy Spirit, you give us each the strength to stand firm, to be anchored in you, in all of the metaphors that are out there, but Lord, that we remain faithful and loyal disciples, and that we follow after you closely, and that we are rooted in deep, mature truth, 
not immature milk, but that we seek more of you every day. Because quite honestly, we know that we cannot get through some of our days without him. And when you compare our days with those in the persecuted church, it's kind of like, mm, a lot of our days are pretty simple. So church, even if things start to get a little crazy around here, and even if they get more difficult, will you continue to follow closely after Jesus? And if you're saying, yes, yes, I'm willing. Okay, now let's look at today. How are you doing today? The decisions you make today will affect your tomorrow. Are you following closely today? Are you digging and searching for truth today? Are you growing more in your knowledge of God and his goodness and his character today? Because that is what we will need to know and to cling to when things get tough. I am not one who loves the message, the scripture paraphrase, right, of the message. But the book of James came to mind when I was thinking about a lot of this. We have a lot of arguing going on in the greater picture, in the greater fiber of our culture here, at least in the U.S. And I always think of James 4.1, what causes quarrels and fights among you? We see a lot of quarreling and fighting among the church. So maybe we really just need to focus there. What causes those quarrels and those fights among you? Is it not that your passions or your selfish desires are at war within you? That's the suffering that we are seeing right now, so much of it. It's just arguing and dissension and fractured unity. Because we all are thinking differently. We all know differently. We all desire differently. And we are arguing. That's what it's costing right now. Relationships. For many people, this past year has really severed a lot of relationships. God, we thank you for your goodness, for your justice, for your strength. We pray that you help us to live a life that glorifies you, that we make decisions rooted in you and in your strength and in your truth today because we know that they will affect the rest of our day. They will affect our tomorrow. They will affect our future. God, help us to cling to you, to be steadfast, to hold on unswervingly and be prepared to count the cost to be your disciple. We ask these things in your name.